the Doctors In podcast, where we talk about health topics with healthcare students and their relevance to all of us. I am Darby Modernock. And I am Linda Pang. And we're first-year medical students at the University of Iowa, and we are recording this podcast to provide free information on well-being and health and highlight many of the resources available to students at the university. Today, our guest is Emily Ruba, fourth-year medical student at Carver College of Medicine. Um, Emily completed her undergraduate at University of Iowa in biology and anthropology. She's heading to the University of Minnesota for family med training after graduation this spring and wants to discuss the morning after pill, what it is, and how it works with us today. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for being on our podcast. Thanks for having me. So what inspired you to write on this topic? Yeah, so like you said, um, I studied biology and anthropology as an undergraduate student. Um, and my senior year, I took a developmental biology course where I learned about the science of reproduction on a cellular level, um, the mechanisms where a sperm fertilizes an egg and eventually leads to a pregnancy. Um, but that year, I also took an anthropology course called Feminist Activism and Global Health, um, where we talked about some literature that was published discussing emergency contraception when it first became available over the counter. Um, the FDA had had an open commentary period um, when they were first considering making this change, um, during which they had experts and community members that shared their opinions about whether the drug should be made available over the counter. And this literature discussed the different perspectives um, from the people who contributed to that commentary. And it, it created this unique space where there was this open discussion with people from all walks of life, from scientists and non-scientists, um, talking about the, pharma, the pharmacologic mechanism uh, for emergency contraception and birth control. Um, and what surprised me when I learned this was that there are implications for different religious groups about when life begins. Um, you often hear this assertion from religious groups that life begins at conception. Um, and scientists often define conception as happening when a fertilized egg implants into the endometrium um, and establishes the beginning of a pregnancy. Uh, but some religious communities will argue that fertilization itself is the event that conception um, takes place at. And I'll talk a little bit more about those mechanisms later, but it was just this interesting set of circumstances where I was learning about development and the mechanisms in my biology coursework um, but also learning about the way people perceived um, that science in my anthropology coursework. And I, I realized that pharmacology and development are these, they seem like these really discrete scientific topics, but it's really important to recognize that even science is something that we view through a cultural lens. That's really fascinating that you had um, like two classes kind of come mm -hmm. together like that um, at the same time. So to kind of delve right into the topic, um, what is the morning after pill and when should it be used? Yeah, so the morning after pill or emergency contraception goes by many different names. Um, the morning after pill is the name that most people are probably familiar with. And these are medications that are commonly used after unprotected or unplanned sex in order to prevent pregnancy. Um, unlike birth control, which is used prior to sex in order to prevent pregnancy on an ongoing basis. Um, these medications are also used in circumstances where other methods of birth control have failed, um, such as like when a condom breaks or when someone using like a monthly birth control pill maybe misses a pill um, and is worried about pregnancy, they might want to use the morning after pill in that circumstance as well. 
Yeah. So I know you mentioned that most people know it as the morning after pill. Um, but what are like the options for emergency contraception and how can they be obtained? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So emergency contraception includes both oral medications like the morning after pill, um, as well as IUDs or intrauterine devices. Um, the most common type of morning after pill is one that contains the medication levonorgestrel. Um, levonorgestrel is a synthetic drug that acts like the hormone progesterone in the body. Um, and there are a lot of different brands of levonorgestrel, including Plan B, One Step, um, Next Step, Take Action. Those are some of the most common brands that a lot of uh, drugstores carry. Um, and levonorgestrel, any of these types of um, brands, these can be used up to 72 hours or three days after unprotected sex. Um, and this is typically the most accessible option for most people because it's available over the counter at drugstores um, around the country. There are some states and um, certain like private, privately owned pharmacies throughout the country that will require you to show an ID to purchase um, Plan B. Um, but in Iowa, this isn't required by state law. Um, and even if you are required to show your ID, you can still get it over the counter um, regardless of your age. Um, health centers like Planned Parenthood also commonly carry Plan B and brands like it. And now there's another oral medication um, that could also be considered the morning after pill called uh, Ulipristol. Um, and this is one that's available by prescription. Um, and it's Ulipristol is most com- more commonly known by the brand named Ella. Um, and Ulipristol is actually more effective than Plan B. Um, it can be taken up to 120 hours or five days after intercourse. Um, And these are both very effective medications. Um, Ella is a little bit more effective than Plan B, but they're both very effective. Um, Studies have shown that only 1.8% of people become pregnant after using Ulipristol for emergency contraception. And that number is only 2.6% for levonorgestrel. So very, very effective medications. Um, An important distinction is that levonorgestrel is actually less effective in people that have higher BMIs. Um, The dose just isn't enough in, in people with higher BMIs. So if possible, those individuals should try to get a hold of Ella um, through their through their doctor um, since it's a prescription, or they could also consider other options like the copper IUD is another um, option that can be used in that case as well. Um, the copper IUD is kind of an alternative option that we can use for emergency contraception. Um, it's a small T-shaped device that's made of copper that is placed inside of the uterus by a doctor, um, and that requires a small procedure that can be done in the office. It's actually even more effective than the morning after pill, um, and you can leave it in place for up to 10 years afterwards and continue to prevent pregnancy until you decide to have it removed, whenever that might be. Um, But it's, I think a lot of people know that it's generally a less popular option um, due to the fact that you have to go to the doctor to have it placed, Um, and it can also make your periods a little bit worse due to the fact that it prevents pregnancy by irritating the lining of the uterus, which also affects your menstrual cycles. Um, as a follow-up question, do you know what the time period is between like having um, unprotected or implant sex and then like having that copper IUD in for it yeah, to you be can, effective? Yeah, you you have it placed basically immediately as soon as you can. Um, okay. And it's kind of similar to the oral medications. The sooner you get it placed, the more effective it's going to be. Um, but the percentage of people that become pregnant with a copper IUD placed right after unprotected sex is less than 1%. It's a very low. Um, and then... I think this is something that has come up. I've heard a lot of just like community members ask this question. So I thought I would pose it to you. You mentioned that um, the plan B medications are not as effective for people who are over a certain BMI. Um, 
why do we not just like raise the dose of that medication, for example, um, so that it can kind of um, help a larger number of people? Yeah, so um, the dose that is available in Plan B is the dose that's been well studied um, in in the clinical trials um, that happened when that medication was approved in the first place. Um, theoretically, you could also just raise the dose, but that the safety of that of that hasn't been studied in order to know what is the right dose to raise it to and for what BMI. Um, that's something that you could talk to your doctor specifically about if you want to if you're if you're thinking you want to use Plan B or if you're if you're considering like. Maybe you don't have access to Eulopristol and you want to use like two pills of, of plan B. That's like potentially something you could talk to your doctor about, uh, but you shouldn't do that without, without talking to your doctor first. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I believe the weight cut off well, not necessarily cut off, but recommended is up to 165 pounds, I think. Yeah. It's about a BMI of 30, which is a significant portion of the population has a BMI that's greater than 30. Um, and, and plan B is still effective in people that have a BMI over 30. It's just not as effective. Um, and it's, and it can be hard to say exactly how effective it is just depending on your BMI. Yeah. All right. Um, so now that we've talked about the options and kind of what you should look into, depending on, um, your own personal, um, like other, health um, factors. How does this drug work specifically? Yeah, so I, I talked a little bit earlier about the controversy kind of surrounding the mechanism of emergency contraception um, and the implications that this had back in 1997 when the FDA was deciding whether or not it, it should be available as an over-the-counter medication. Um, part of this being that when it was first invented, we weren't entirely sure how it worked. Um, but since then, this medication has been very, very well studied, um, and we understand this mechanism really well now. We understand how this drug works. Um, so what we know is that levonorgestrel and ulipristol both work by in interrupting the process of ovulation. Um, this is what happens when the ovary releases an egg. And usually that egg would travel into the fallopian tube and then into the uterus, where um, it, it comes into contact with the sperm if, that's, if the sperm is present and becomes fertilized. Um, and then pregnancy occurs when the fertilized egg is able to implant into the endometrium, which is the lining of the uterus. Um, but levonorgestrel, this interrupts ovulation, um, so that way none of that can happen. And that it does this by preventing the brain from releasing a hormone called luteinizing hormone. Um, and when the brain releases luteinizing hormone, this hormone travels via the bloodstream to the ovary, where the ovary then detects it and responds by becoming triggered to release the egg. Um, so when you take plan B, this process is interrupted because the hormone that triggers ovulation is never actually released. Um, and now Eulopristol works very similarly. Instead of, instead of preventing the brain from releasing that luteinizing hormone, um, it instead works by preventing the ovary from detecting luteinizing hormone. Um, so you could, you could still have luteinizing hormone circulating in your bloodstream, but the ovary is not able to sense that hormone. Um, and so ovulation can't happen. In both cases, um, the, the egg is not released into the fallopian tube and into the uterus. Um, if there happen to be sperm present, there's no egg for, for them to fertilize. Um, so pregnancy is prevented from happening in the first place. Um, and now this is actually similar to one of the ways that um, regular oral contraceptives or the pill um, prevent pregnancy on an ongoing basis. The morning after pill just has a higher dose of progesterone that you take at, um, at one time frame. Um, the regular birth control also contains an estrogen in addition to the progesterone. Um, so the estrogen in those pills has an important role in preventing ovulation as well. 
Um, but when you're taking a small amount of progesterone on a daily basis, like with a birth control pill, um, it also causes the lining of the uterus to become thinner. Um, so you get the additional benefit of having lighter periods, um, but it also makes it so that the egg doesn't have a thick endometrial lining to implant into. Um, so there's a lot of mechanisms that work alongside each other to prevent pregnancy in the regular birth control pill. Yeah, it's all pretty complicated for people that might not understand it, but yeah, works great. <laughs> um, so I know you had mentioned the um, earlier about some of the disagreements on like when um, life begins for using um, emergency contraception, but because it's such a hot take right now in our legislative, I was curious um, what other common misconceptions that you're aware of surrounding the topic? Yeah, I think um, there's this misconception that sort of stuck around after that past controversy that the morning after pill can cause like a miscarriage or an abortion to take place. Um, however, as we've discussed, emergency contraception does not work by preventing sperm from fertilizing an egg. Um, it does not prevent implantation of an egg that has already been fertilized. And so those are some of the things that people think are what caught what define the start of a pregnancy. Um, so this drug actually intervenes before either, any of those things can happen. Um, so that is to say that emergency contraception does not terminate an existing pregnancy. It does not cause an abortion to happen. Um, it only prevents a pregnancy from taking place in the first place. Um, this is also a very safe medication to take. Sometimes you, you hear kind of horror stories about like problems that can happen with these medications, but we know that this is a very safe medication. We have a lot of data to back that up. Um, we also have a lot of evidence that suggests that emergency contraception has no negative impact on your fertility in the future if you decide you want to have a child in the future. Yeah, those are really good points to kind of mention because I think it can be really scary. And I think um, just because of the mechanism of the drug, a lot of people might be um, taking it at a time when they don't have time to do research on it, right? For example, like when you're starting birth control, you have a lot more time to discuss it with a doctor or to look up what kind of options you want. But if you're looking for emergency contraception, you're obviously um, in a situation where you kind of have that time limit and don't have a lot of time to educate yourself on the topic. So both really important points. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about the morning after pill or contraception or any related topics? Yeah, I um, I think that this is a topic, like you said, that's it's often a time sensitive topic and it's an embarrassing topic for a lot of people. Um, but it's it's a much more commonly used medication than people think. Um, the CDC tells us that about one in four people will, people with uteruses will use this in their lifetime. Um, they use emergency contraception of some sort. Um, and so it's super important to understand your options to prevent pregnancy. So that way, if you find yourself in that time sensitive situation that you, you kind of know what your options are and um, you understand like the safety of the different medications as well. Um, something else just to kind of keep in mind is that if you do use the morning after pill um, and you and you think you might be pregnant down the road um, or just in any situation where you might think that you're pregnant after unprotected sex, um, that you should consider taking a pregnancy test to find out for sure. Um, if you take a pregnancy test within seven days, it'll probably be negative. Um, so it's best to wait until at least 10 days after unprotected sex um, to take that pregnancy test um, to get the best results. Uh, if you're located in Iowa City um, and you need 
um, counseling about getting a pregnancy test, or if you're looking for emergency contraception, um, you can contact, there's a lot of really great places that, um, such as Student Health, Planned Parenthood, the Emma Goldman Clinic, or just generally to contact your primary care provider. And they, they have um, information for you about options that are available to you to either prevent or detect pregnancy. Um, you can also usually call ahead to places like Planned Parenthood or Emma Goldman and ask if they have the morning after pill available. Um, and this is usually information that they're happy to share with you over the phone. Yeah, that's good to know that you can call ahead because I know for a while, a few months ago, there was a little bit of a shortage trying to find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I think that's all of the questions that we had for today. So um, I think we will sign off here and then hopefully be back next week. We were a little behind for multiple reasons, but we're going to try to get back on track with our uh, weekly podcast post. Thank you so much, Emily, for being um, on the show and have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>